only podcast where every week we police the mean streets of the internet because hey somebody's got to do it and then we let you be the judge the jury and the executioner in the court of public opinion coming to you live from neo chicago i am officer kevin and i'm officer grant how you doing man i'm doing pretty good what are you eating over there is that a uh, cough drop I, you knew I was having a cough drop as a snack. Yeah, I'm just wondering why you're you're eating. Are you are you sick? I am not sick. Hmm. I'm not sick. Yeah. Sure. I. So Grant and I have been having this. Yeah. Are we are we beefing? Can yeah, we say yeah, that? Yeah. We're beefing over whether or not one would get sick from wearing shorts out in the winter, and I or from wearing pants out in the winter. And I allege that you've been sick more than I've been sick. Not true. Yeah. No, it is true because I've only been sick once. For once, like between November and December, end of November, beginning of December, oh, for I was how sick long? once for like three weeks. What the fuck? Yeah, it was like three weeks. I was sick what a couple times for like yeah, two days. Times. For yeah, like two a couple days. times. Yeah, anyway, that's more. That's more. A couple is more than one. A little peek behind the curtain. I like to have a cough drop before recording because <laughs> it clears up my passages <laughs> for doing the show that we do All every right, single yeah, week. Yeah, nice cough drop. Yeah. yeah, thank you for smelling my breath, freak. I can smell the fucking menthol from here. Okay, it's wafty. Yeah, it's I don't a, know what to say. It's a strong drop. I'm I'm just trying to you know just whatever. Let's do the show. You. Yeah, let's just do the show. Let's give a thank you to our guest from last week, Mitch Kamayo Peely. Hey, thanks, Mitch. Well, he's a real stand-up guy. You get it? Because he's yeah. Let's give a introduction. Let's change it up here. Let's give an introduction to a brand new guest to the Thought Cops family, to the Thought Cops canon, to the crew. We have Leslie Lee the Third. What's up, Leslie? Hey, how's it going? Thank you so much for having me. Uh, excited to be here and, you know, put some uh, perps in custody. <laughs> Thank you. We we always could appreciate any help we can get here on the show, uh, especially from uh, Leslie Lee the Third. Uh, Leslie, you do a podcast called Struggle Session. Ah, uh, yes, I do. We're uh, the world's finest uh, pop culture podcast. We cover everything: movies, books, comic books, mm-hmm. video games, all that good stuff. But from a perspective where we actually consider the uh, capitalistic hell world we live in, <laughs> and thus the yeah. uh, awful propaganda we get in all of our favorite pieces of media. And there's a lot of there a lot of, a lot of pieces of media there are full of that kind of crap. 
And uh, maybe you've heard of the show before because uh, we've had Leslie's co-host on the show, Jack Allison, before. So we wanted to complete the full picture here, get the whole experience. So we appreciate you having... Having yourself on. Hey, thanks for having yourself on, man. No, thank you so much for having me on. I I, I was excited when you messaged me because I, I, I'll be honest, I hadn't listened to your show, but I had seen the pictures you guys mm-hmm. take and post for yeah. each episode, and they always have really, really good vibes. So I was very thank excited. Thank you. Yeah, thanks, man. We, always, we, we try, try to get and it vibe right. It up, you yeah. know, uh, shout out to Grant's roommate. Waking her up at uh, 11 o'clock, <laughs> checking the hallway to see if the lights are on in the room. Like, hey, can you come take the picture of us? You take a picture of me and my weird friends. We're going to be holding guns and dressed like anime characters. <laughs> yeah. Is that cool? All right. Sleep tight. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, well, that's the vibes that we're putting out there and we try our best. Um, so, yeah, we're uh, happy to have you here. And uh, I know that I'm always excited to see what you guys have to say because you got a lot to say. And, you know, for example, I saw you on Twitter recently talking about, you know, for one example, Zelda Breath of the Wild. And then yeah. people were referencing to listen back to the episode of Struggle Session. And I was like, OK, I got to check that out. And I've gone back and listened to a handful of episodes from things that I was, you know, especially familiar with or if there's, you know, guests that I was familiar with. And... um they're talking about my favorite video game. Got to tune in. Yeah. Wait, so you, you like uh, Breath of the Wild? I do, yes. Oh, wait, so what did you think of the debate? Because for people who don't know, um, we had a debate on Struggle Session about the quality of Breath of the Wild. Um, I was against Breath of the Wild. I said it wasn't just like a mediocre. I said it was actively like a bad video game. And a former co-host uh, was on Defending Zelda. And you can tell how that debate went uh, and who won it because uh, I still host the show and um, the person who is defending <laughs> it does not. <laughs> Very nice. I mean, it's always good to get a perspective like that, especially for something that is unanimously praised it's, uh, you know, even if it's something I like, I do like to hear the other perspective of it because, and I, I don't think it's a, a perfect game, uh, but, you know, it's always good to get that, like I said, perspective. So Another I do thing, think it's but, weird but, when people get touchy about like, oh, I like this thing. How come you don't like this thing? It's yeah. like when we do a bonus episode, it's like, yeah, I don't care if you don't like a certain thing. It's like, it's interesting to sort of talk about it and yeah. see, you know, where it goes. Yeah, exactly. And that's kind of essential to listen to the show. Thankfully, we found a lot of people uh, who have that sort of mindset where they actually understand that the point of critique is not whether you agree or disagree with the person making the critique is whether you mm-hmm. learn something about how the piece of how the work affects you in some way like a, for my favorite example is uh, Anthony Fantano who you know is a big uh, mm-hmm. music critic everybody knows uh, Anthony mm-hmm. and you know every time he reviews something the internet gets filled with rage because he doesn't give the exact right score but whenever I watch even when I'm watching him eviscerate you know an album I really like I'm learning stuff He because he's so knowledgeable and so in, uh, incisive like I appreciate it more even if he ultimately uh decides not to like it i still get a greater appreciation for what i do like uh, about that album or that song or that artist it, yeah absolutely i 100 percent agree with that no yeah. um from the opposite perspective i know that there's certain things that may not be liked 
by quite as many people that you guys may have a fond appreciation for, which I wanted to bring up. Uh, one example of that was Birds of Prey. I know that you saw that recently. I haven't seen it. Grant, have you seen it? I have not seen it. But no. Leslie, you were saying that you liked it. Yeah, I, I actually, you know, I really enjoyed it. I, uh, for, you know, I, I say on the episode, trailers are awful. Trailers, I thought, were garbage. Yeah. I said yeah. they were garbage. I said this movie does not look good. I didn't really uh, want to see it. I only saw it because my uh, one of our uh, correspondents, uh, Emma Bowers, said that she went and saw it and it was actually good. So I went to saw it, see it and it was actually pretty like good. The way they marketed it as like a Destiny's Child video where it's mm-hmm. just about or like Spice World or something yeah. like that. <laughs> like it's not like that at all. It's like a crime caper. Like they don't team up until like the very the second to last scene they don't really like each other they're all all these different women are like fighting each other and they're full fleshed out flawed characters they're not just high-fiving each other like in the uh, commercials like harley quinn yeah. is like a dirtbag piece of shit super villain and not like an anti-hero like she's like a worse person than like a deadpool or something i guess she's supposed to be like the female yeah. deadpool kind of but she's like actively mm-hmm. like a villain there's no like redemption arc for her in it and it was just like a really good crime movie it actually kind of reminds me of a uh, like a uh, exploitation film there was a movement uh, in japan around the 60s and 70s called pinky violence which is basically japan exploitation and mo- a lot of the films would feature uh would be about you know girl gangs um <laughs> like these uh you know female delinquent gangs and this that's what birds of prey really felt like to me now it doesn't have nearly as much it didn't have any nudity so uh those old japanese films are usually pretty heavy on the nudity and the violence but birds of prey did have a ton of violence and a lot of people didn't even know I didn't know that was rated R until like sat down in the theater so big missed opportunity on the uh, marketing for that one yeah I didn't realize that either I know like rated R superhero movies are more common than they were they're in vogue they're in vogue yeah Um, but yeah no I to hear that perspective of something that I had very little desire to see I was like okay I'm a little curious. May have to check that out. And uh, there, yeah, there have been a number of uh, topics that you and Jack have discussed on the show that, you know, some of the stuff I didn't even know as much about. So I was like, okay, you know, hear a little bit about this and, um, you know, get their specific takeaway and maybe I'll check it out. Maybe I won't. See how I feel. Yeah, the, uh, our, pi- our pitch line is that, you know, for just $5 a month, we can save you from seeing some really bad movies. <laughs> like, it, it, you can't beat that deal. No, that's a that's a good deal because I I just bought a ticket to Sonic and it's like fifteen dollars to go see Sonic. Mm-hmm. So it's like, yeah, no, I would like to know if Sonic <laughs> is worth seeing or not. So you know, fuck. Were there any uh, standout episodes you can think of in recent memory where you were surprised by how you felt about something if you hadn't seen it before recording, or you or? changed your mind or something? If I yeah. changed, I, I think the big thing I changed my mind on was the Star Wars prequels because uh, we did a project where we did commentaries you know live watches of all the prequel uh-huh. movies and you know from you know since when they came out you know originally I, I often told the story how the Phantom Menace is like the worst theater going experience I ever had I uh-huh, we, yeah. it was we did it on our senior skip day so like the entire senior class skipped school to go see this movie and I just hated it so much even though I love Star Wars more more than like anything uh, sure. as a kid, and I just hated this movie. But uh, when we 
uh, went back and watched it, I find that, you know, it without all those expectations I had and also, you know, already seeing like the bootleg Disney version of Star Wars without George Lucas, I came to have a new appreciation um, for the prequels and ended up uh, really enjoying it. And a lot of listeners, you know, kind of took that journey with me where I wasn't a prequels guy, but now I'm full on a prequels guy. Thanks to my co-host Jack and also um, our friend um, slash cult leader, uh, Bug Main, who uh, joined oh. us on couple of the episodes yeah. bug man is hilarious yes i think he follows me on twitter i still don't yeah he's, he, <laughs> bug man, he's he's a bu- character yeah, yeah. bug yeah. main is a ghost that haunts podcast uh, that's <laughs> the best way i've heard him described he's also a comedian and a cult leader and a businessman too <laughs> that's accurate from what everything i know about him um and yeah i know that jack is a huge proponent of the star wars prequel so i figured he must have done something to persuade you on that one you know it really wasn't jack it was you know just watching it again you know after what what is it 20 years (laughs) yeah shit it's 20 years now yeah Yeah. (laughs) jesus jesus christ um but yeah watching it after after 20 years you know just seeing it and you can hear me change my mind in real time on those movies so Hmm. there you go that is interesting. I will have to check those out. Yeah. And I know, um, I think one of, one of my favorite things you guys uh, have said, um, and th- this sort of relates to us in a sort of way, because uh, I think last time you guys were in Chicago, I think it was the last time, the episode you put out after you were in Chicago, you guys sold out the hideout, correct? Yes, yes, we did sell out the hideout. <laughs> yeah, and you made a comment about how, like, oh, I, we sold out the hideout just like the Smashing Pumpkins did. Yes. And you, you made a relationship that I, I found to be very intriguing. That I've, I've, It's changed my whole perspective, which is you said, uh, like, podcasts are now, like, what bands were, <laughs> like, back during that time. And that, like... I, as as a former musician, you know that just sort of lost the uh, you know lost lost the the spark, you know, for my passion for that and refound it in podcasting and comedy. Uh, that it, it touched a nerve that I was like, yeah, no, this uh, this feels like what I should be doing. Like You're on this, the cutting this edge. Scratches the same itch. Hey, you, know? You, know, you know what? I want to give a co credit to that take to uh, Heather Fortune, who is a musician. She um, was um, the creative force behind um, the band um, uh, Wax Idols. I think she w- she was also in uh, play bass for White Lung uh, for a bit. She helped co do that take with me because she's also uh-huh. like. Like, I notice I said former, former, because she was, you know, a really great musician, but the way the industry is set up, she ended up just uh, recently uh, stopping. So everybody support her and what she's uh, doing uh, now, which is most is posting, doing poetry and supporting uh, Bernie Sanders. So uh, shout out to Hiller Fortune. Cool. Yeah. There's I also I feel like when I was playing music and stuff, there was also not as much of a sense of camaraderie. Like I just remember showing up to venues, hanging out with my band and the people that came to see us and not really talking to the other people. But the thing I really like about podcasting is like you collaborate with everybody. It's just like a bunch of podcasters on each other's podcasts. And it it really does seem like just a more sort of fruitful, connective way to sort of relate to the world as opposed to, you know, being in your own shell and just expecting people to join your shell as opposed to, you know, the opposite. 
Yeah, it's re- it's really nice because you know you don't get it in podcasting because we're all doing uh, I, the word our word we don't use enough is independent because we're independent mm-hmm. podcasters. We're not like Luminary and all these other VC funded uh, things where you yeah, they have yeah. you know we're doing this on our own and we only can look out you know after each other. You scratch my back, I scratch uh, yours. Somebody, uh, I'm going on you know I'm going on your show, and my wife will ask me because she I have to explain this to her sometimes she, i'll be like all right honey i can't you know hang out tonight i have to go on this podcast i'm like why are you going on that podcast your podcast is bigger than that one well yeah <laughs> but you know the reason my podcast was able to get to the place it was because people on bigger co- podcasts let me on there so i got i gotta pay it forward i gotta you know keep keep this thing moving until we all have you know our own you know sustainable things going on uh-huh. and everybody you know can just you know you know can you know live and eat and and be fulfilled doing this stuff so you gotta just spread the love around yeah it totally man we appreciate it and i know like yeah we're all you know independent creators trying to find our way and make it happen so yeah you know and even it forward yeah even from the point of view of like us having sort of like a, a smaller sort of space within you know uh the limelight like i i still look at some people that we're friends with that do like great creative work and it's just like god if anything i can do like within this like realm of influence i can do to get like Aaron Klopp for more views on YouTube or get be yeah. nice to me productions like more like more subscribers it's like you know because I, I love like the stuff that they put out so much mm-hmm. and it's like you know even just from our modest you know place it's like yeah no I like I genuinely like being able to do that for other people and like boost their careers and you know it, it rising well, let's not get too far and call tide. it a career now let's not let's <laughs> not go a ho- hobby. yeah let's call it a hobby, a hobby that I make very little money <laughs> off of <laughs> Speaking of hobbies you make a little bit of money off of, you can support us at patreon.com slash thoughtcops if you like. Uh, we got another episode of Fire Bros we're going to be recording, so... I just got to watch the Sonic movie, and I'll just watch the Mandalorian all in one day, and then I think we'll be set. So by the end of the month, I think. Yeah, we'll have that out soon. Yeah. Get ready for the hottest take on Sonic on the net. It's coming soon patreon.com slash thought cops yeah grant you've been i know i brought it up the last few episodes uh but you've been having our our friend bernie sanders come over to uh, stream on twitch a little yeah, bit more yeah it's been good he's been uh talking about uh katamari and uh how he has to collect all of the things in the world and then eventually re- redistribute them yeah leslie i don't know <laughs> if you know this but uh bernie sanders does stream on our twitch channel <laughs> he plays uh nintendo switch games uh, from a small monitor here on the desk <laughs> and uh and the impression is not very good but it's uh it's passable and it goes on for it, it go but it's it's, it, it's more about the quantity of oh it. i'll i'll stream for hours pretending yeah to journey. <laughs> I, I did mean, not being know journey. that that's so funny <laughs> yeah yeah it's, no, it's you know it's it's, it's, been it's fun, fun to watch yeah because yeah. people will tune in and ask questions related to bernie related to the game and yeah. <laughs> you, you keep it fun you keep it light you keep you keep that ball rolling you so to speak oh, yeah that's, that's literally so and figuratively yeah. i'll have to Thank send you. that to uh brie uh Sanders, uh, she uh, she's his press secretary and runs his podcast. I think she'll get a oh, check out uh, that. Brianna Joy Gray. Yes, <laughs> yeah, yeah. She's going to want to know about that. Yeah. 
But let's move right along to two minutes of hate. Oh, that very famous. Oh, that very favorite segment of the show where we like to blanket punish all these things we see on the Internet every single day. Because, Grant, we're addicted, aren't we? I'm addicted. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Tumblr. Uh, What's another one? I'm I'm losing teeth. I got scabs on the inside of my eyelids. That's how addicted I am. He's scratching himself, folks. You got to see it. You're, you're, I'm worried <laughs> about him. So, yeah, two minutes of hate. We like to shine a little light on this crap we see all the time. Uh, speaking of that, I have been seeing this all the time on Twitter lately, and I've only kind of recently seen, seen it uh, spoofed well, was it will be like this Instagram model will take a picture where it's an empty room, and it is a big pizza or a big hamburger on the table. And then she's uh, sitting there with no pants on, just underwear. Right. And she goes, what are you eating first? <laughs> and she's got her ass to the camera on this big pizza. Yeah, yeah. And I'm sitting there scratching my head. And I'm like, oh, I don't know. That pizza looks good. But uh, I am a millennial. I got to eat ass. So... Yeah. Yeah, this whole thing is, I guess that's what you have to do to get uh, a career in Instagram modeling is uh, yeah. model alongside an extra large pizza from uh, Domino's Pizza and ask, uh, hey, what are you going to eat first? <laughs> Leslie, have hey. you seen much of these on Twitter? Uh, no, no, I've, uh, I haven't seen any of that on Twitter yet. L- lucky you. Yeah, do you know what I'm talking about, Grant? Yeah. Hey, hey, mom, can you, uh, can you take a picture of me real quick? Yeah. <laughs> um... Yeah, no, I, I've I've seen at least one that you're talking about. I haven't seen this in terms of it being a trend. I see it all probably probably once a week or something. It's all the porn accounts that you're following. Yeah, I gotta knock that shit off. Uh, no, I did. Well, see no, because people retweet it like with funny answers of like, exactly, girl, get your ass out of my pizza or know? something like that. Or like, it's it, a similar one. It's like, tell me something I don't know. Yeah, I've seen the like, tell me something I yeah. don't know. Yeah, and then like it's just like somebody put retweets it with like facts about Stephen Paddock or something. <laughs> so, uh, what are you eating first? I don't know. Yeah, I did what's, see what's your opponent or no go ahead I, I saw one it was uh somebody drew bubble bass from spongebob and a big crabby patty on the couch and it was yeah. like what are you eating first what are you eating first yeah uh the punishment though is um hmm well i don't want to say i can have my cake and eat it too uh the punishment would be you have to sit on a cake and fart loudly. Yeah, cake farts. <laughs> that's you know what? That's how you used to have to get ahead in this business. Yeah, cake farts. Yeah. Well, at least one person got ahead. One I person don't know did. If yeah. Anybody else did? One person who lived in my college town. Really? Yeah. DeKalb. That's where that's from, yeah. huh? Uh, a friend of the show, Blake, used to deliver food to her, <laughs> which I guess she must have farted on afterwards. I, I don't know, or she ate it. I don't know. Pretty, I'm I wish I didn't it. know that, but I'm glad that I do now. Yeah. Yeah, ask him. Oh. So, yeah, uh, that's my punishment for that one. Leslie, do you have anything bugging you? Anything you've been seeing a little bit more frequently than you like to be? All right. There's, there's, there's kind of a lot. Um, the the post that probably infuriates me the most, this is a, a political one, that I see, like, mm-hmm. every other fucking day, is people complaining about getting dragged online in such a way that guarantees that they will further get dragged 
online <laughs> and thus proving somehow proving their point right like yeah, yeah. the number one one is, of this is of course the bernie bro thing there is some yeah. you know councilwoman in new york just the, this is just the latest one i've seen a hundred of these um basically saying you know people say you know bernie sanders is trying to say that you know his followers his supporters aren't a problem online well just look at the responses to this tweet in an oh, hour God. and that will prove what is like and of course you know people is mostly just people like disagreeing where with them saying they're wrong but if one person po- posts some wild tweet then oh like yes this is proof that you know every single bernie supporter is you know a raging misogynist bro and the thing that really annoys me about that is that okay like if it's actually that much of a problem, this sort of harassment, why every day does a new, like, dipshit check mark invite it directly to come to them, right? Like, they're yeah. literally asking for the type of harassment that they say is so terrible. Like, literally asking for it, not, you know, figuratively, not just, you know, criticize, critic, making the post criticizing Bernie Sanders and then, then they get flack for it. It's literally like they make the post talking about the harassment saying they're going to be harassed and then you know they get a, a, some a negative response and then they call yeah. that harassment and it's just if, if it was that much of a problem if it was that much of an issue that the fucking presidential candidates need to talk about it at the debate then none Ugh. of these people should be like asking to be like harassed in air quotes yeah. harassed in air quotes i'm so angry i have like nothing to add to that <laughs> it, it, it like infuriates me so much i actually had a very similar uh similar two minutes of hate this week uh but it just all of politics is making me just like want to claw my eyeballs out lately it's it's getting so it's getting annoying over the things that really don't matter that much and then the things that do matter are somehow flying completely under the radar and i just i yeah i and you two how how old are you both how you're kind of young guys right this is uh, 28 29 all right so not not quite your first rodeo your second rodeo so this is like my third or fourth rodeo as far as paying attention to like uh electoral politics and the thing mm-hmm. about presidential elections that everyone has kind of forgotten because of bernie sanders is that you're actually not supposed to give a shit about the primary traditionally you're not supposed to yeah. care about any of these people or what they say on this day or that day, because all a Democratic primary is usually is just the candidates uh, lying and backtracking um, against what they've, they've said, their statements and their record the entire time. Yeah. It's just that's what a primary is. It's just all the candidates lying about their records, lying about what they're going to do in the future and then backtracking on what they the lie that they already told about what they're going to do. Bernie Sanders doesn't do that. And Bernie Sanders has brought a lot of people into the process that maybe wouldn't have paid attention to like the 2004, you know, president election yeah. or weren't even like, or, or, or were like children um, when that happened. And so you get this expectation like, all right, there's this guy who's, you know, telling the truth, saying what he means. He doesn't have, he's not backtracking. He's just like out there and being a real ass political candidate. But that's not what the Democratic primary actually is 
supposed to be it's supposed to be the messy shit where like they just you know lie about uh, themselves and each other and no one really pays that much attention and just waits to see who the winner is but since we actually have a candidate we kind of care about we're paying attention every single day and you're actually not supposed to do that because it will drive you insane because it doesn't make any sense it's a bit of a life hack yeah, it's a life hack. Yeah, it's a life hack that most people have chosen because most people don't even bo- don't pay attention uh, because of this shit and don't bother to vote. Yeah, I can't. Like, yeah, again, you're right. I, I started paying attention to politics. I think more sort of like in 2011, um, and th- that was Barack Obama's second term when he was running, and it. I I just. I don't remember, yeah, it being so contentious or there'd be one or two sort of people and it'd be sort of a toss up between two of the main front runners. But I even know going back and, you know, uh, I guess a little longer back ago, I think in, I don't know, 70s or earlier, I don't think that there were even primaries. I think that the parties just sort of like chose a person they're like oh, you're the you're the guy well that's the thing that's kind of happened in our lifetime where the democratic party it, we forgot that it was supposed to be like a private party is just like a club and they can say yeah. who's in it or not even though we spend so much time in public resources like running their little events uh for them their popularity contests for them takes such a big precedent but actually um when it when they um they were talking about the rules changes in 2016 i, I mm. you know what it wasn't the rules changes it was a lawsuit that was filed against the uh, democratic national committee and they said in court it's like you can't sue us for being unfair we can be as unfair as we want we're like a private club we're like the fucking goonies basically and you let us run half the country that's not our fault you 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 we didn't tell you that we were ever going to be fair we can cheat we can lie we can fuck over people we don't have to do this uh fairly even if you know we already have like that guarantee uh spot in you know the government that you know across the country yeah and like just hearing you explain it in that way it's like the foundation of like how everything is set up and built is so infuriatingly like it could topple at any moment and the idea that people are on twitter complaining about like snake emojis (laughs) fucking memes of rats like the fact that anybody gives any credence to those things like it blows my mind right now yeah i i so it's like we we I, I love pro wrestling, right? And I often talk about, you know, politics and pro wrestling terms, which is, you know, mm-hmm. cliched and hack now, but it used to be a, like a, in a hot take, an innovative thing to say, but everybody, uh, says it now, but it, it really is like, you real it's like most of the politics we watch is just like WWE raw. But then, like, Bernie Sanders is like a UFC fighter that shows up, and they never (laughs) explain to him that the matches are supposed to be fixed. So he keeps, like, beating the shit out of wrestlers and breaking their arms, and no one just has, uh, and no one is able to convince him that it's just supposed to be a show. That is shockingly accurate to what's (laughs) going on. (laughs) Uh, so, Leslie, did you have a punishment for these uh, folks who, the people who get dragged, who are these self-fulfilling prophecies, basically? So, the people, yeah, the people who want that sort of harassment and attention, my, I hope that, you know, the punishment for them should actually be 
like giving them the opposite of the, what they want, which is, you know, like take all their followers away. Just take every single follower that they have away so that they can complain into the void and nobody <laughs> or like shadow ban them or something. Yeah. You know, just if it's so bad, then log the fuck off. If it's so bad, then log off. Now, this is not to deny that their real harassment exists, but when you're actively seeking it, I said su- I would suggest that you're probably whatever real harassment you get, you're probably okay with dealing with and you can probably stop complaining about it. Yeah. What's what is uh Ice T say about Twitter? something uh log the fuck off yeah go on I, I get on talk a little shit log off yeah or yeah. Of, of course the uh classic one is tyler the creator yes which yeah. is you know cyberbullying isn't real <laughs> nigga close your eyes it's fine it goes away <laughs> what are you talking about no i don't think that's quite fair to say yeah. you know uh-huh. to young people but anyone over the age of 35 i think that's fair to say too <laughs> And like yeah, most of these time, people are yeah. like over like fifty that are complaining. Yeah, puzzling, awfully puzzling. Uh, Grant, what did you have for us? You had you had said you had something somewhat similar. Yeah, I think Leslie actually covered a uh, to like a lot of my frustration that I have, especially this week has been crazy. Just the whole like Bloomberg joining the debates and like. Just all the discourse around, like, you know, Elizabeth Warren turning heel and mm-hmm. fucking Mayor Pete being a rat. And so, like, it's all it's all culminating into this week. And I think just uh, I tweeted something out uh, yesterday that was like, I understand why my dad screams at the TV all the time now, <laughs> because that's exactly how I felt. But uh, in the in the sake of not having to sort of retread some of that water, uh, I, I think one thing one thing that's bothered me that uh continues to bother me and will probably bother me well into the future is uh the term mimetic warfare (laughs) (laughs) oh god mimetic warfare warfare through memes (laughs) i mean that really started with the 2016 race so uh, all the people that like joined r slash the donald and we're like, hey, it, it was us that won the election. Like, by posting Donald Trump memes, we single-handedly, like, flipped some of those states. And it's like, uh, please let this just be an isolated thing. But now you have, like, Bloomberg, who's paying people to create memes in support so of good. him. And, like, so some of his tweets, he, he had one, one fucking thing. Let me, let me pull this up right now. But yeah, he's paying fuck Jerry, the people that did the uh, the fire festival. Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah, he's paying them to create memes for him, oh and it's just the, the cringiest "Hello, fellow kids, how do you do?" Yeah, like fucking um, awful. And you, but you know about mimet, uh, mimetic, mim- mimetic uh, warfare. Like, it's, yeah, I don't know it, how to say. Yeah, it. it's you know, it's actually something like NATO. There's like a white paper by like one of like the NATO organizations that they have oh, about mimetic warfare. So it unfortunately like is a thing that, you know, um, some, you know, consultant dipshits who like probably know nothing about memes or the internet, like are making millions of dollars 
numbers on. Like world oh, yeah, governments absolutely. are paying millions and millions of dollars to have some dipshit come in and explain like scumbag Steve uh, to them <laughs> or whatever the fuck. Like it's it's you know it's just another way to like um, fleece um, people of uh, money if because it sounds cool. Yeah. Mag warfare. It sounds like smart and interesting. It sounds, it sounds way more important than it actually is. And then you realize that wars now are fought with cartoon frogs, and you're yeah, like, well, yeah. the frog people versus the uh, the uh, rose emojis. Yeah, and it's, yeah. And it's not to say this stuff isn't important and doesn't have effect on the yeah. real world, but there's yeah. like bigger levers that you can push and pull on uh, to affect yeah. things than than memes. I think. I mean, I do. I think your your analogy to pro wrestling is uh, very valid in the sense that it's like it does feel like uh, like back in sort of Shakespearean times where it's like there's the 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 people on a stage doing a play and then people are throwing tomatoes and that's what I feel like memes are is just throwing tomatoes at people. But at the end of the day, it's like, well, did we change anything? Like maybe, but probably not. You know. Still fun um, to throw them. Yeah, still fun to throw them. Yeah, the script is already written for the most part. Yeah. <laughs> the script's already written. The uh, the play has been funded. You can do this all you want, but it's still going to be in town for another, you know, two years <laughs> yeah. or something. But uh, Donald Trump tweeted something out. Um, I, I don't know. Is corrupt Bloomberg News going to say what a pathetic debater Mini Mike is? Blah, 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 blah. Uh, Mike Bloomberg retweets it and says, impeached president says what? (laughs) (laughs) Okay, that is epic. (laughs) I just like, I can't. And uh, yeah, the the idea that there's like a think tank behind this or that there's like a committee of people that are like, you know what? I got the perfect tweet and this is going to people are going to love this. People are going to relate to it. Mike Bloomberg's going to go up in the polls 5%. Once we tweet this out, you ready? Impeached president says what? See, and <laughs> got him. And you know, linking that to earlier stuff like guaranteed the 7 to 12 people being paid, you know, uh, the equivalent of six, the mid to high six figures a year who helped craft that tweet. Assuming they didn't just pawn it <laughs> off on, you know, some interns, but I don't think Bloomberg is doing yeah. that. Uh, he's paying people a lot of money to come over there. Like, I guarantee if you go to any of those people's personal accounts, like they're complaining about how the Bernie bros are owning them too much on their personal Twitter. So you have a bunch of like people who in their own personal posting life are complete and other cowards, like trying to use the accounts of Bloomberg and Hillary Clinton had this, you know, same thing. Liz Warren has the same thing. Like they try to duck on Trump, who is again, of course, a master poster, whatever else you say about he's a master poster, but like you think those weak seeds cannot beat them. You would need a Bernie bro uh, running your Twitter account. If you want to own Trump, Trump for real you love to see it folks you love to see it yeah no I, I agree with all that stuff it's just yeah it's it's very frustrating it, it's it's always frustrating to me to see something like boiled down to it's just face value level simplicity and just be like well this is this and it's like well you can have an understanding that this is more than this and that there's nuance to what this is and what that is 
but that people are just like, oh, you post mean things online. And it's like, well, I, I don't care. I like I'm past the point of caring anymore. And that's what it's for. The yeah. Internet is for being mean. Have we all forgotten? And for porn. Yes. Those two things. So what's your punishment? Um, <sighs> you want to spin that wheel? We haven't used it in a while. No, let me let me think of something. Okay. Um, yeah, I don't know. Uh, I don't want to see people drafted into real warfare as a punishment. Um, I think it's fitting, but uh, you know, no hashtag no more wars. Um, Taco, what are you doing? I don't know. You, you should have to uh, if you're complaining about this stuff. You should have to, or even even better, if you're one of these people that does, you know, if you're one of these think tank people that gets hired, you know, and gets paid. You know, six figures to create memes for Michael Bloomberg. Uh, you should have to, like, uh, I don't know, you should have to dress the part. You should, like, wear a Pepe the Frog costume to work and see how people react to you. Okay. You know? I thought you were going to say wear a suit because uh, some of these folks, let's just say they they don't, uh, I don't know, I got nothing to say about it. Was that it. like a lizard person I joke have or? no idea where I'm going with this, man. <laughs> it's all good. Long week. Yeah. So moving right along to uh, our main segment of the show, let's talk about that. Let's do this. Uh, if you haven't listened to Thought Cops before, every week we investigate the Internet's outrage-inducing news stories, and then we sentence each perpetrator to a cruel and often kind of unusual punishment. So let's talk about this. Uh, Leslie, since you actually might be more familiar with this than I am, uh, Birds of Prey versus Sonic the Hedgehog. What's going on here? All right, so um, as I mentioned earlier, they really botched the uh, the marketing for Birds of Prey, so it didn't make nearly as much money as the studio um, was expecting or what it kind of needed to make in order to be considered a success in the industry. And a lot of the chuds were kind of latching on to this and saying like, oh, this is because they, uh, you know, made it too feminist or whatever, which is, you know, the, for the average, I don't know, for the chud version of what they think feminism is, I guess that holds some truth because I do think they kind of painted this superficial like girl power image onto a film that doesn't really have mm. that the chuds don't care what the film is actually like and actually understand and that is a like just a like a cool action movie like almost like a john wick type uh deal going on they don't care about that and of course they're they have you know this motivated and you know reasoning they want to blame it on feminism itself as opposed to um bad marketing and so the sonic movie came out after having you know a lot of you know controversy in the lead up and it made just a ton of money so i don't know by some you know Tra some act of transubstantiation the sonic movie <laughs> is now like the chud uh uh it proves that the chuds were right about like feminism via birds of prey not doing that well it's something some twisted logic like that you saw kind of the sim a similar thing happen when the right wingers kind of um glommed on to battle angel alita while at the same yeah, time I remember that. being mad at what was the movie the other Captain Marvel they were mad at Captain That's Marvel right. yeah but we're championing Battle Angel Alita and look Captain Marvel fucking sucked but it did make a lot of money and Alita was a better film but it made you know less money so 
I, I don't know what their point is, really. It's just, they're yeah, just it's mad. it's a weird way of, yeah, a weird way of fighting the culture war. It's like, let's just take these two current things and pit them again. Like, why is why is Sonic, of all things, like this icon for right wing? I have no well, idea. Well, actually, you know, it's not weird because it kind of happens all the time. It's, usually, we only get the one side where we'll decide that liking this film represents something in the culture and therefore something about you and your personal yeah. ethics and morality. Like, if you if you liked, uh, if you supported uh, Lady Ghost Busters, uh, directed yeah. by the whitest, most annoying white man ever, Paul Fee. <laughs> um, he is fucking Gus. Just look at a picture of him. Um, yeah. you, that somehow made you a good person, but uh, certainly uh, in the lead up to Joker, the idea was that if you like Joker, then you're like some incel, you know, school shooter. Yeah. And when the movie is actually about like austerity and like yeah. uh, rich people fuck us all over and how hard it is to live with mental illness like just a, a completely had no connection to it so it's actually not weird you know to just randomly pick a movie or some cultural object and say this is your thing because uh people do it all the fucking time regardless of what the actual content of the thing is yeah and i think uh I mean, sort of going back to the idea of just, like, pure reductionism, it's just that. It's, like, people see something on face value and, like, yeah, I, I never saw the Ghostbusters. Kevin, you said you saw uh, the Ghostbuster movie, right? Yeah. Um, I've heard that it's very bad. I actually forgot that I saw it until you mentioned yeah. it. I'm like, oh, oh yeah, I did. <laughs> I yeah. did see that, yeah. Um but, like, on face value, people are like, oh, well, of course, like, you know, you put a bunch of women in a film, uh, it's going to be bad, right? You took the Ghostbusters, who were men, you make them female, and it's like, that's not what made the movie bad. Yeah. Like, uh, when I watched the uh, Red Letter Media did a really good review on the film, and basically, they just explained that the movie didn't have a script. They oh, yeah. had these women who are, like, talented improv artists, like do these jokes it's like you, you watch it up yeah you watch ghostbusters it's like the original one was very dry very slow the jokes were meticulous they would just put uh what's her name melissa mccarthy in front of a camera and be like well uh wrestle with a ghost and she tried her best and like, that's also just sort of modern yeah comedy movies in a way it's like just yeah, they're just riffing you yeah. know like fuck a script they're riffing and it's like but to boil it down to just like oh well they're women it's just like oh, well I get that, like, the aftermath is always people saying for or against, like, well, this did play a role or it didn't yeah. play a role. And I think that that's valid in a certain sort of way. But really, the content of it is, like, like you were saying with Birds of Prey, Leslie, it's like, well, if the movie's good, like, what exactly is the hubbub? Because you don't even fully understand what the context of the content itself is in the first place you know like my confusion specifically comes from like lady Buzz lady ghostbusters i get it yeah it's like a female ghostbusters there's you know people have their opinions on that uh birds of prey somewhat of a similar uh issue with people yeah. you're but sonic about sonic like what are <laughs> yeah is it is it, is, is it like I'm assuming because... he's friends with the cop? Is <laughs> <laughs> I'm assuming because Sonic is, like, is a video game character and it sort of goes with the idea that video games are inherently masculine, I'm assuming. Yeah. 
What? Or was he just, like, or was it like a right place, right time kind of thing where they're like, well, at least that other movie's beaten up. It's probably both. Prey. It's probably both. It's probably more the opportunity, yeah. though, I think, just because it came out the week after and it looked like so much worse and like it was going to be a bigger yeah. flop but actually was really successful and you know the reason for this um uh, grace randolph who's a uh youtuber who i uh one of the f- a few like nerd film youtuber tubers that i really like she mm. just broke it down it's like look birds of prey for whatever reason came out the week before valentine's day which was while which was a three-day weekend instead of the yeah. week of um because of originally the latest uh, 007 movies was supposed to come out um, this week, but Sonic was able to get that spot, and for some reason Warner Brothers didn't move or whatever. If they would have taken Valentine's Day weekend, three-day weekend, they the film might have done you know very differently, might have done a lot better. If they, certainly if they marketed differently, it, it would have done better. So, like, it's just they did a better job, you know, picking the date to put out the Sonic movie. That's the real difference. Also, the Sonic movie is a fucking kids movie. Birds of Prey is rated R. I, I just yeah, don't. yeah. But okay, again, we saw like, it. everything everything we're talking about is like already more detailed than like the thought that anybody else has put into <laughs> exactly. it thus far. I mean, there's a lot of people that are hating on Birds of Prey that haven't seen it, won't see it, and have already formed their mind that, like you said, it's this big like feminist propaganda movie. And it's like, but you don't know that, and like you're staunch in your belief that it definitely is not that. And there's nothing you can do to change your mind that it is that. So it's like, well, what's the point in even talking about anything or displaying an opinion in any regard anymore? Because everyone's already made up their mind. Yeah, it's yeah. so annoying too, because the people who made the movie deserve so much better. They really tried. They could have, you know, made this, you know, a you know a black panther or a captain marvel two films i think are you know really really not very good even if the some of the mm-hmm. people behind them are you know good creators ryan coogler i think is a you know a really good director but they really just like black panther just felt to me like here's a bunch of you know black stuff we'll do the figure out the rest and post and CGI and it ends up being, you know, just this kind of mess of a movie would not, that's just boring and not really that interesting. Captain Marvel, just, just same as the previous 20 Marvel movies, except they finally let a woman be the star in it. While Birds of uh-huh. Prey actually tries to be like an actual movie. If you took away like, you know all the ip the harley quinn the black mass the you know all all these you know the huntress if you took that away and just had it be just like a crime movie it would still be like an interesting thing and uh and it did not just it did not do any kind of cheap appeals to you know identity or say or it didn't make all the women perfect and all the men uh terrible and worthless no like it was full of complex complex characters with multifaceted characters they thought about it now it's not i wouldn't call it a great movie but it was a great time watching it and i'll i will watch it again and it's really all these like chuds are, are robbing themselves of like a good experience like this like they're not mad at kill bill like this film is you know it's not nearly as good as kill bill but it's kind of in that same vein and they're really missing out for no reason other than like I don't know. Birds of Prey has one more woman in it than the first Kill Bill does. 
Yeah. This is another weird aspect of this uh, culture war is there. I don't know if these are bots or if this is some sort of uh, calculated attack. But if you look in the podcast chat, I, I there is a uh, collection of tweets. It's like a, a collage of tweets where it's all these people who are. I'm just going to read one. It says, I took my husband and two sons to go see Sonic movie and was appalled to hear homophobic slurs used throughout the movie. Luckily, Birds of Prey was showing in the next room and my family had a much better experience. And there is like, what, a dozen of these where it's all these people are coming together to say that Sonic was being homophobic in the movie, which I did see the movie and spoiler alert, I don't know that that happened <laughs> yeah i had so it's this weird i this is like another weird aspect of this whole thing um i there may be more to this than i understand i don't know if this is like a troll or something but uh let me see i was a victim of a horrible hate crime while in the theater seeing sonic movie what the hell oh yeah. i'm looking at this oh it's like some sort of like fucking botnet posting like that's the what same, it seems like, like yeah it's, it's people posting the exact same posts uh oh yeah it's like yeah. three or four accounts post the exact same posts about how sonic is homophobic but birds of prey is better <laughs> just like that's like a counter op in the mimetic wars that they're oh, running God. and then from the from the opposite perspective there's other ones this is hashtag sonic movie is absolutely horrifying sjw propaganda that's made for liberal snowflakes by corrupt hollywood <laughs> take your kids to see birds of prey instead <laughs> they're just it's like the wire the wires got crossed there's so many layers because you don't know who's fucking doing irony who's yeah. like a bot who's like a counter bot like a double agent you know they're talking shit about sonic but they actually are trying to defend sonic or birds of prey or vice versa it's just it's too much for a movie it's like just go see if you like the movie just go see it you don't like it there was a big there was actually a trending topic on birds of prey which really annoyed me this week which was i think it was support birds of prey i think is the exact mm-hmm. word yeah. for it and i really fucking hated that because like it's not a charity it's a movie yeah it's a movie yeah. i like it's a movie i want to tell people i have told people you know to go see but i don't want to use that term like we need to support it like as a real like political or moral call it's like no go watch that good fucking movie in theater it's, it's fun have a good time that that sort of thing like doesn't work on like normal people i think no one is going to go see a movie because they think they're morally or ethically uh obligated to that wasn't already going to see it no just tell them it's a good movie you don't have to pretend like you're doing like a cancer walk or something like that it's just a movie <laughs> yeah there's this weird sort of like i don't know um like the 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 understanding of the cultural impact of like whether or not you see this movie or god forbid you like it and it like disproved everything you thought about it it's it's very very obscure when it comes to like most things nowadays and i know we've had uh a a while ago maybe like a year or so ago uh someone left a voicemail on the show about like the idea of people's like diets and stuff like that like what if i want to be vegan but i'm right wing or what <laughs> yeah. if i want to try the all meat diet but i'm left wing yeah. and like the idea of like what if i want to wear new balance shoes but all my and it's just like guys like they're 
boy, do, do whatever you want. Consume, consume whatever products you want. But like at the end of the day, like shit, just do what makes you happy. Wear whatever fucking shirt you want to wear. Like eat whatever kind of food you want to eat. But the idea that there's always some broader cultural like you know landmark uh, that or some broader cultural implication that you know, sort of like is bound to you as a result of you liking or disliking this like one artifact is absolutely insane to me. Yeah, because I got a punishment. Oh, go ahead. Uh, just to put a cap on this. Uh, Leslie, I think you said it best. Anyone who's fighting this battle, do a cancer walk. <laughs> Donate to a fucking charity, for God's sakes. Do yeah. something that isn't this lame culture war bullshit yeah donate your time donate your money fucking do do something make someone's lives better yeah i mean hey you're giving us content but we're the only ones benefiting from it are and are we really i guess we're having some fun here uh let's see what else we want to get to um i want to read you guys a passage here okay the phrase it's just a game is a weak (laughs) mindset you are okay with what happened losing imperfection of a craft when you stop getting angry after losing you've lost twice there's always something to learn and always room for improvement never settle now grant if you didn't already see the doc here in front of you who would you think had said something like that something so inspiring was that michael jordan or was that uh adolf hitler (laughs) adolf hitler you're pretty close it was ninja Look, uh, look, I've seen people dunking on this all day, but yeah. I have to ask you, um, how many Fortnite championship trophies are sitting behind you right now? Because I know Ninja's got a few. Yeah, I'm looking at zero. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, you can talk smack as much as you want, but uh, I think you made the point pretty clearly, like every single top flight, you know, athlete uh, says dumb shit like this 24-7. This is the only thing allowed in their brains if they want to be um, the best at whatever they've chosen. And Ninja has chosen to be the best at a truly awful video game. So, of course, <laughs> his brain, he has to think like this. I, I don't want to convict him for this. This is what he's supposed to think. This is what he's supposed to be like. We are so lucky Michael Jordan didn't have t- fucking Twitter uh, while he was doing his yeah. run. He, we, oh, right, we, God. Or Tom Brady, for example. Like, I'm so shocked that t- it took a real long time for Tom Brady to get on social media and he actually kind of posts funny stuff. But if he actually ever posted what he was really thinking, we would, you know, really uh, start questioning, like, why we watch sports at all. Oh, yeah, definitely. It reminds me of... Uh who was the the quarterback from the uh, Super Bowl like a number of years ago for the Titan? I think the Titans, right? The um, God, I'm drawing a complete blank. This was like four years ago uh, when it was like the Titans and the Broncos. And who's the guy with the big head? God, I can't I can't remember anybody's the name. Guy with the big head. <laughs> the, they're brothers. Yeah, he's got that big head. Uh, yeah, they're brothers. The, One had the Papa John's. Uh, the Titans. I don't think the Titans can play the Broncos in the Super Bowl. They're both AFC. Who am I? Th- no, the, the 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 Panthers. Who was the the quarterback for the Panthers? Big head. No, no, the big head guy was the the the, the uh, Denver uh, Cam Broncos. Newton? Cam Newton. 
Um, and who's who's the guy with the Papa John's pizza? Who am I thinking of? One of one of the two brothers. The other oh, brother plays e- for the Manning. Colts. Peyton Manning. Uh, yeah, yeah, Peyton Manning. Um, and Cam Newton, like five minutes after uh, losing the Super Bowl, uh, they they did the interview with him, and uh, they're like, uh, "How do you feel?" And he like was wearing a hood, and he like walked off stage, and everyone was like, "How inappropriate!" And then they showed like all the times that. Uh, Fuck, I just forgot uh, his Peyton name. Manning. The Peyton Manning. Jesus yeah. Christ. That every time the Peyton Manning like threw a helmet or like cussed someone out or some shit like that, and it's just like Yeah, no, everybody does this. It's like they're professional sports players. Of course they're gonna be pissed off when they lose. <laughs> yeah. Like, who cares? That took a long time to get out very little no, information. But that, that's I'm a sorry, good, th- that's but, a good yeah. thing to remember. I, I actually uh, have yeah. forgotten about that. Because that happens with black players all the time. Anytime they're, oh, yeah. they're crotchy or angry. like And, and like they, there was a perfect video. I remember that video where, you know, every time, you know, a white quarterback was like throwing a hissy fit or being mad, that you could the commentators yeah. would be like, oh, he's just so passionate for this game. He's, he's just passionate. He so just loves the game him. that much. And, but when you know a black player does is like you know you know class counts class matters you know i i I don't know why he would ever behave like that or act like that that's just completely uh inappropriate and crosses the line it's just it's so funny how uh, like sports brain is like a it's whole amazing thing if you because if you take like a few years as i did like never watching like any sports media or content and then you go back and watch it Jesus Christ, it, the way people don't like the way ESPN talks about the most minuscule, stupid things uh, as like the most important things that could ever possibly happen in the world is just mind blowing. And if you get into sports, you forget how much energy and passion is put into, you know, the dumbest thing like who went to practice today or whatever the fuck. <laughs> No, see, Ninja is the terminal case of not only sports brain, but gamer brain. Yeah, yes, both. <laughs> Even worse. Yeah. So to bring it back, all uh, to find a punishment for him, I don't know. Take his games away. Take his games Go away. Go to your room, young man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Class matters, you know? Yeah. I mean, I, I'm not a fan of this Ninja guy. I think he's a douchebag, but I... Like Leslie said, I probably think the same thing about most sports athletes, too. Like, and, uh, you know, we we were dunking on him a couple episodes ago because he said the thing about, like, I don't understand how kickers sometimes miss the ball. Yeah. yeah. It's like, well, Fortnite's (laughs) difficult because you got to do this and you got to do this. And it's like, are you really comparing yourself to a professional athlete? And it's like, (laughs) in a certain sense, like, yeah, he's a competitive human being that has to beat another person at like the same you know on the same level within the same you know uh whatever yeah i I think we can be more charitable to ninja than ninja is to like kickers he's just really dumb too and doesn't know anything about like obviously doesn't know anything about uh football if he doesn't understand that kicking a field goal is extremely hard thing to do even if you're good at it yeah uh grant what you want to get to here next i know you had a couple um I'll, I'll let Leslie decide if you want to. Uh, McDonald's candles, uh, Caitlin Bennett riot at Kent State, or Richard Dawkins uh, suggests eugenics for humans would work. McDonald's candles? I hadn't heard that one. So that. McDonald's yeah. released a bunch of candles today. Um, let me list off the the scent of candle. Uh, 
They released a ketchup scented candle. Hilarious, obviously. A pickle scented candle. Very funny. A cheese scented candle. Mmm. An onion scented candle. Oh my. And a beef scented candle. You gotta get them all. That you got your house smelling like a damn big man. <laughs> That's <laughs> awful. That's all. Like, why not just like I could understand doing one candle that just smells yeah. like McDonald's, right? In fact, they don't even have the real scent that like makes you you know kind of crave McDonald's, which is the French fries. I didn't hear French yeah. fries. That's the McDonald's smell. That's the McDonald's smell. They're French fries. That's what McDonald's smell like. Uh, the French fries and the preservatives. Like I don't know and why. Grease. Yeah, and the grease and the grease. There's no grease uh, candle from what i understand was it was a ketchup <laughs> I, I just want the grease one honestly <laughs> the, the pickles like who, who could possibly want that but i think but, what it is is part uh looking at it like the fact that they're the more disturbing thing is the like the quarter pounder fan club have been a mcdonald's fan club because what you know we're discovering now is that you know it's just a world of brands and content there's no such thing as a restaurant there's no such thing as a movie there's no such thing as a car there's no such thing as you know a sandwich no it's either you 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 have brands and they put out content and they just put out everything and now mcdonald's which i'm sure has you know tons and tons of capital that they can be using to invade our day-to-day lives more more are just starting in on this well we're not just gonna you know be on every corner now now we're gonna start sending you boxes at your home with little calendars with big macs isn't that cute and a little t-shirt and you know some scented (laughs) candles and all this other shit but i'm sure it's you know part of like a much more like nefarious way for the mcdonald's to be an even larger part of our life that will be copied by other brands uh from now on because they'll just because this is just you know more content and product um and in that same vein like i want to ask a question what is up with 2020 and meme candles yeah i'm tired of them already we're in because uh leslie i don't know if you ever heard about the gwyneth paltrow candle i I, the goop candle the one that smells like vagina yes and then now we i heard about it but i did not i never clicked the link i never clicked the link to see what it was about i mean that that is what it is and it's like now we now we have these other goofy candles like what the hell is next you know i hate to ask so the the well i'll answer you so the day before i saw this there's a french uh, a french's candle that smells like mustard this came out like the day before the McDonald's one did that I saw. <sighs> so, yeah, jokey, haha, funny candles. It's very aggravating. I, I, I have very to very angry. I have to assume that just like, I don't know, s- some, you know, marketing team found someone who makes like weird whatever scent it can you you want in uh, some foreign country for really cheap and he's just going around to every business and be like hey we can make you know scented candles of just like anything he could be at like a fucking you know a company that makes fucking um 
industrial drills right and like hey we can make you know this burnt steel <laughs> candle and you can give it as a gift uh to your you know uh to your buyers or some shit like that like i i just uh, assume like it, whenever you see these kind of trends pop up where everybody's coming out with the same thing i just think of like the one guy who came up with a way to make like a millions of dollars on it and the fact that <laughs> in like 15 years he's going to be running for president oh how this guy become a billionaire <laughs> oh he was the guy who you remember in around like 2020 where everybody just started coming out with weird candles like that was his idea and so that's why he's a billionaire now like oh okay yeah i hated those things i do like the idea of like a candle conspiracy that's just like all these different brands across all these different platforms just like all of a sudden this trend pops up and it's like they could all be sourced from like the same like one vendor i also like the idea of like kramer from seinfeld just like accidentally ordering too many candles and trying to sell them to mcdonald's <laughs> like when he uh ordered or was it jerry that ordered like a hundred boxes of chewing gum i don't recall oh well whatever you know what i mean <laughs> Same idea, just like, oh, oops, too, I, I bought too many candles, we gotta sell these. Yeah. But hey, I mean, uh, at least they're not memetic war yet. I, I think that this is all part of the meme yeah, wars. Yeah, this is part of a yeah. meme war. Yeah. Oh. Just an advanced level It all feeds into the it. same yeah. source. I mean, uh, within a certain respect, I think we might have talked about this on the show once or twice, but uh, there was a point in time during the uh late 80s early 90s during the fall of the soviet union where coca-cola a brand like had its own army and i believe its own nuclear warhead really yeah you can look it up online i probably got some part of the story wrong but uh that did happen yeah, you said nuclear N- nuclear <laughs> anyway uh the punishment for these stupid candles is uh gotta have candles smell like pee and poo i don't know i i have a i have an idea you guys love the better these these uh these big big head big wig guys that uh come up with this idea for ooh, a, a fun scented candle that smells like mcdonald's uh they have to work in a mcdonald's and bring that fucking fry cook stench home with them you know it's like the you uh, know when you're making minimum wage working at mcdonald's and you just smell like mcdonald's all the rest of your life and you're just closed and your skin smell like that now you have to fucking deal with yeah that. i used to work at subway and everybody's yeah. like you smell like subway and i'm like i do oh subway is the worst smelling rest of the fast yeah restaurant. my jacket would smell like fucking children it always always smells like it's rotting a little bit yeah italian herbs and cheese like a little bit of vomit in there for subway yeah for for some reason i don't know why like quiznos doesn't smell like that (laughs) something bad going on there i tell you at that time at that time and place uh yeah let's just say jared was still the spokesman so Uh, anyway, uh, let's get on to key to the city. Something nice, something positive. We saw Grant and I are scrambling to our phones, uh, because it's a lot easier to focus on the positives than the negatives. So, uh, you flipped it or on the negatives and the positives. There you go. Part of the, uh, part of the story is, uh, let's just figure this out. Leslie, do you have a key to the city this week? Uh, and it ha- oh. So something online that's good? Yeah, uh. something you looked at online that made you smile. Ooh. Or just anything <laughs> in regular life. And something, usually, anything. Well, I can tell, you know, I, I just came back from uh, Bernie Sanders 
event and that was nice it was you know just a little thing to get people to sign up uh, to knock on doors but there is this one lady like in her 70s perhaps 80s and she you know get got up to tell her story and so she started saying like you know i'm yeah and she's an immigrant uh, i couldn't i didn't know uh, catch where she's from but i think somewhere in eastern europe and she was like you know when in my country you know we learned about capitalism in school so that we could understood it understand it but americans learn about socialism just to hate it they're just taught to hate it they don't understand it and all socialism is really is just people taking care of each other and working together that's it you it, it just means that society mean says that they're going to take care of you know every homeless person every person who's hungry and that's it as opposed to capitalism which is just everyone uh, for themselves and she got really emotional you know telling this story mm-hmm. so that's a, a it, that was nice you know to see like because you because what you always the people you always hear from are the people who are from ex-communist or socialist countries and they're saying talking about how their grandparents used to arm own like every egg in their entire country and then the communists came and took and they only owned like one egg farm or some shit like that and had to flee to america instead of living uh like a working person and and we always hear hear that side of the story but we don't get to hear the other side of the story the people who actually uh liked you <laughs> liked when the communists took over and kicked all your rich uh asshole grandparents out yeah, I was going to ask you. I know you said you were at uh, an event earlier today, right? Yes, yeah. That was the one? Okay. Yeah. Cool. Uh, well, my key to the city, uh, uh, the new <clears> Animal <throat> Crossing looks kind of fun. Great. <laughs> I don't know, man. Uh, Grant, what do you got? Um, so, this this week, I uh, my mom finally made the jump from a dumb phone to a smartphone. Okay. And now she has the same phone as me. And the guy at Best Buy was setting up her phone and he's like, oh, you should use this, uh, you know, there's a button on the back of your phone and it scans your fingerprint and it all locks your phone. And he's like, uh, you have this on your phone. Do you use it? And I was like, no. And he's like, oh, you should use it. It's real, real simple, real easy. And then so now all I have to do is press this button right here and it opens my phone. Do you see that? I didn't even press the on button. I just pressed this back fingerprint scanner and look unlocked and they I don't have even have fingerprint to, now. i don't even have to yeah well whatever what am i using it for you're gonna kill someone i don't even and... have to put my my code number in or anything so my key to the city goes to the google pixel 3a <laughs> good job Wait, the, thank the you pixel google. 3a so see i'm just looking because yeah. I, I just noticed my fo- for some reason my phone case has like a opening in the back for the m for the moto logo i wonder if that's also like one of these things like a fingerprint scanner I don't know. Um, i'll have to check it. i don't know i'll have to check it out but i i probably won't use it because i do worry about the cops like arrest i have a podcast called struggle session i don't want the cop yeah. cops to be able to grab my hand and uh, unlock my phone technically Thankfully. I have a podcast called Thought Cops, and they'd probably be like, thank you for your, your service, service yes. sir. <laughs> it could really, really go either way, I feel like. Uh, yeah, I t- yeah. one time, I, you know, I took the Thought Cop uh, exam. I didn't pass, you know, got with it. You know, only, 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 only failed by about five points, but, you know, one day. Yeah, I, I failed the mechanical section. Uh, let's get to our Thought Cops word of the week. Manicure. Oh, Grant, what God. the hell was that? It's when a man gets a... M- 
manicure. You know, the, 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 the thing with these words is manicure. The the word man is already in manicure. You don't have to memeify it by making it a manicure. It's already called a manicure. It doesn't mean that it's inherently for women or for men. You don't have to make it either because the base section of the word is already within the word. So you don't have to do anything to it. We're just that insecure. You know, we got to <laughs> go the extra mile. That seems, that seems like something that somebody had to have come up with in 2003 like i feel like there's probably already the full cycle of somebody invents this term people start in like one neighborhood in uh new york or uh start doing it as a as a fad it gets written up in the brooklyn vegan or whatever the fuck and then there's a backlash and then people start examining you know manic manicure is actually you know a sign of you know homophobia uh, we would call it toxic masculinity now and then people would stop right. using it and forget it ever happened because at most there were like 20 people uh, involved in this but 30,000 articles written about it so I, I feel like yeah. that's a throwback uh, to something like you know metrosexual or whatever uh, that's that era yeah. of uh, neologi- uh, neologism yeah well I saw it in a uh, in a like a BuzzFeed article in a, in a BuzzFeed article that was along the lines of like the manicure is in and it was like a picture of Harry Styles with like painted nails. And I was like, great. Okay. I'd, cool. He's rich. He can paint his nails any color. Carson Daly has matter. been painting his nails for like 30 years and been on network TV every single day while doing it. It's not, it's not, uh-huh. it's nothing new. Well, jokes on him because I constantly forget who Carson Daly is. <laughs> ha! <laughs> So before we get to our final segment of the show, the voicemails, uh, Leslie, tell us where all of our listeners can find your exciting content, social media, and all that good stuff. Uh, you can find me uh, on Twitter at Leslie Lee III, and you can listen to Struggle Session at patreon.com slash struggle session. We put out not one, but two bonus episodes in the week. We're giving you the best bang for your buck as far as Patreon podcasts go. Please check us out. Cool. Oh, I do have a fingerprint sensor on the back of my phone, so that's why there's that little hole. Huh. Huh. Yeah, a lot of uh, a lot of um, like phone cases have like that little circular thing, and it's like, well, what's the space for? And I always thought it was just for the logo. Yeah. <laughs> well, mine doesn't have a logo. It's just huh. just a circle. And I knew that it, that that's what it was, but I was just like, oh, I don't I don't really want to use that. I'll just. Type in four numbers each time I want to go on my and what phone. Are the, what are those four numbers? Uh, I mean, it doesn't matter. I, I know that you're trying to make a joke, <laughs> but I it, like, trying, yeah. even if I were to say it, it's not like anyone has my phone, you know? I mean, it's I, not could, a password I could get my hands on it pretty easy. still bad OPSEC for a thought cop. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not putting that info out there. You can, you can have my data when you pry it from my cold, dead hands. Yeah, maybe that's one the, maybe one day I will. God willing. The thought cops promise. Let's hit those voicemails. If you want to leave your own, uh, give us a call. 312-788-7361. Or you can always send us an audio file at thoughtcopspodcast at gmail.com. Hey, boys. Uh, it's your buddy Joe from uh, Uptown. I was just hey. calling. I don't even know why I'm even doing this voice. But I, I was calling <laughs> because I need to express... 
some extreme disdain that I'm feeling about people who feel like they should be replying to political canvassers' mass texts. <laughs> like right. people from the Bloomberg campaign who just mass text people. Uh, yeah. I've been noticing this trend about people who think they're awesome and respond like, no, I will not be supporting Bloomberg or whomever <laughs> because they think that that's going to make a difference. Like, that they, 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 like, had a goddam moment with the robot who's sending these fucking texts. Like, first of all, fuck you for engaging <laughs> in, like, these actual machines. And secondly, <laughs> I feel like you'd have to have the personality equivalent of Jet's Pizza to be this kind of person to do this. No, you have a vague semblance of an idea of what you think pizza should be, but you really are just cardboard and really kind of nasty and only exist yeah. in the suburbs. I don't know. <laughs> I just really needed to get this off my chest. Thanks for being my therapist, boys. Uh, fuck you, you and fuck <laughs> yes, pizza. Wow. All right. Those are our dear friend of the show, Joey, from uh, Jump and Shoot a Mega Man podcast. Oh, okay. Yeah. I, Why was he doing that voice? I I don't know. Because he's from oh. Uptown, I guess. Yeah. Uptown oh. Joey. Anytime you say your, your your name has, you know, the place, the specific location in the town that you're yeah. in, you have to have an accent. <laughs> like, it, it's just the rules. You can just make one up. Uh, but I, I I have seen some of these. I know they're not all robots, though. Um, some of them are real people that are sending out text messages for these campaigns. And you're hurting their feelings. Well, oh, God. It's a Mr. Peanut thing all over again. <laughs> <laughs> well, I would say, you know, somebody had a good thread on this. Actually, if you want to hurt them, you should just, like, waste their time and not say that you're not going to support the candidate because then they just take you off the list. They get that all yeah. the time. You're not clever uh, for saying that. No, actually say, you know what? I'm kind of curious about Mike. And then you can, like, have, you know, a you can take, you know, 10, 15 minutes of their day when they could be texting someone who's actually winnable. Now, maybe this is a nice thing to do, but hey, you know, all's fair in mimetic warfare. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. That's going to have to go on a T-shirt, isn't it? Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, no. Um, yeah. I, I, I feel like everything nowadays is just for the performative aspect of just like, look at this screenshot that I made. Like, great. Cool, man. Yeah, it's like when you, you get blocked by somebody and it's yeah. like, hey, check it out. Who blocked me? I got blocked by Ryan Seacrest. <laughs> oh, I hate that so much. Like, you have to... If you didn't earn the block... It, like the only reason I ever post a block is if it's like an unfair block. Like if you say it or yeah. like saying something, you know, generally helpful, usually to somebody, you know, who's, who's on one and you're trying to help them out or talk to them reasonably, then they block you. Then you can be like, Hey, this person blocked me. And all I said was this. Now, whenever somebody just says, Oh, somebody blocked me and they don't say why, like you told that person to fuck themselves or fuck off or they were stupid. I'm like, and they blocked you and that's fine. That, that's, that takes no effort. Like it's okay. You just told them you hate them. It's okay for them to block you. The only yeah. blocks that like count or mean thing. If 
mean anything is if you get a like a genuine own you know being absolutely as polite as possible and they can't argue with it and it also has to be somebody who's like actually trying to argue with you online like trying to go back if somebody's trying to go back and forth with you and you win the argument and they block you then that's one to put up on your wall but if you just like come at somebody and tell them to fuck off like yeah, it doesn't mean anything like i block people all the time if they're shitting me like that's that's what anybody with like more than 10 followers does like people people because <laughs> uh, what the, you know it, in part of mimetic warfare now people see certain like ways of making posts and ways of acting online and they try to replicate that while actually understanding the meaning behind it so they saw you know these people you know oh i i'll I'll argue this person from the washington post and they blocked me and i'll post a screenshot of that okay that's one thing but then you go along and just tell that same person from the washington post to eat shit and they blocked you and you post that that's not the same thing you didn't accomplish anything you just told somebody to eat eat shit and they blocked you that's not that's not, nothing to brag about and maybe they will maybe they will eat shit who knows <laughs> yeah i mean if they don't block you then it's like well maybe they're a masochist and you know maybe they're jerking off right now at you know you saying mean things to them so you know take that into consideration if you don't get blocked and you're being mean to someone you know reconsider your life choices maybe yeah all right let's play the next one here all right, so our uh, our German listener, Joseph, uh, sent us a voicemail. He prefaced it by saying that he made his own dating show segment for the show. <laughs> so I'm, I'm very nervous, but uh, we're going to play it anyway. <laughs> All right, so two weeks ago, <laughs> I went to my friend's birthday party uh-huh. in Berlin. And Berlin is about two and a half hours away by car and mm. at his birthday party his girlfriend who's from Africa invited some some of her friends um, and there was this beautiful black girl from Houston and you know we were talking shit about uh, to each other just in good fun you know how you do um, right and you know, I, I wasn't thinking about uh, anything about it. So last weekend, I went there again to visit him because he's moving to Africa with his girlfriend. And he tells me, hey, Joseph, uh, my, my girlfriend told me that this girl, she was saying she would go on a date with you. I was like, nah, come on. Stop oh! And she, he said, no, really, really, she wants to go on a date with you. I'm like, what? What, what is wrong with this girl? <laughs> she's good looking, good humor. Something has to be wrong with her if she wants to go on a date with me. But right. yeah, nobody's perfect, you know. So my thinking is, since I would have to travel two and a half hours, two and a, two and a half hours, goddamn, what, what is wrong with me? I don't know. I mean, wouldn't that be yeah. kind of a simp move? Just oh. travel five hours total just to potentially embarrass myself? <laughs> I mean, it's kind of risky, isn't it? What do I do? 
Take care, guys. Wow. So you came to this show for advice. Why would you do that? Move. Um, I've done longer, man. I don't think I'm a simp. I think you are a simp. Yeah, maybe I am. Who gives a shit? Uh, I don't know, yeah, man. Well, who, I think that's a good point. Who gives a shit? Yeah, who, who These cares? are all just stupid words that some fucking bigwig in a b- giant corporation came up to divide you upon yourself. You know? Yeah. This guy's he's overthinking it. You yeah. know? Also, isn't a simp like isn't a simp like someone who is like basically a sugar daddy for somebody i thought it's someone who like responds to e-girls so that's a reply guy well it kind of there's an this is that episode of like the worst episode of seinfeld <laughs> there's over there yeah there, there's over i think there's overlaps i think a simp is, yeah. posed, is a specific type of reply guy that's supposed to be really pathetic but really it's just an accusation you throw at people who are agreeing with someone you don't like usually in in practice mm-hmm. like any, anytime you disagree with a woman and a man comes and replies to agree with her then you call him a simp that's how it that's how it works functionally okay. yeah so leslie what do you think you should do do you have uh, any advice here do you think you should just uh uh say fuck it i'm gonna stay home i'm gonna find someone who lives uh two houses away from me or should he go for it go for it why the fuck not like you'll have a you'll have you i'm sure you'll find a way to have a good time regardless and hey maybe this is the love of your life and this is and this will be a great story like go for it what else you if you have the time to call into a podcast to leave a voicemail (laughs) then you have the time to drive five hours uh to meet a beautiful girl and think of all the episodes of Thought Cops you can listen back exactly. to on the way there. Yeah. Uh, let's play the next one here. Hey, boners. Uh, hey. I have a question. Fuck, Mary kill. Elizabeth Warren. Pete B- Buttrug. Or <laughs> C. Mayor Bloomberg. And I need, I, need a, I need you to be detailed. Explain your reasoning. Thank you. Fuck Mary Kill, Warren, Buttigieg, and Bloomberg. Wow. Jeez. God. <sighs> we all just suck at the same time. I don't want to do this. I don't man. like any of these. <laughs> yeah. Like, I, I certainly want to. Jeez. Oh, wow. Um, I guess I wouldn't kill Elizabeth Warren. I probably. Like, but then it's hard to choose between who to um, allegedly as a parody kill in between um uh the rat or the billionaire um it's really hard like because i mean the bit or the rat and the snake yeah, the, the rat only has a few more the billionaire only has a few more years to live most likely and i don't think he's gonna win so you don't necessarily have to take him out for the good of humanity mayor pete uh is going to be a problem for a very long time for the rest of our lives he's going to be a fucking problem um for uh america and humanity so you probably want to go ahead and take him out um marry bloomberg for his money and then um the other thing with um elizabeth That sounds about right to me. I, I think that uh, Mike needs his own emoji because we got uh, Pete with the rat, yeah, Elizabeth with the snake, and dollar Mike. sign or mo- the guy says, with the monocle, yeah. monocle guy. Yeah, yeah, something that's not too like just derivative. I'm thinking. Uh, okay, here's here's what I'm thinking. I, I I like your logic with the 
Pete Buttigieg is going to be a thorn in our sides for the rest of our lives. I say marry Pete Buttigieg. Uh, be one, be one of those significant others that doesn't allow him to do anything. He's like, Hey honey, can I run for president? And I'm like, no, you have to stay home with me and the kids. And he's like, okay. So, you know, break his spirit. Um, so, uh, marry him. Um, I think, uh, fuck Bloomberg because I don't think he'd enjoy it very much. And, uh, yeah, I guess I have to kill Elizabeth Warren. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's that. (laughs) Well, that settles that. Uh, can't wait for 2020 to be over. Kevin, did you have any, uh, insight in the rest of it or Uh, is that any better? Not really. Nothing interesting or funny, dad. Right. Well, this has been another episode of Thought Cops. (laughs) (laughs) Leslie, thanks so much for calling into the show, man. We appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, everybody go ahead and uh, check out Struggle Session. The, yeah, the episode's ending now. Just minimize this one. Give them a subscribe. Check out their show. Uh, if you want to support our show, again, you can do that at patreon.com slash thoughtcops or leave your own voicemail. Hey, that's free. 312-788-7361 or send an audio file to thoughtcopspodcast at gmail.com. See you on the other side next week. Thanks for listening. Thank you.